share about hearing God's voice. And part of the reason I'm, I want to share that this morning for my message is because I want this to kind of go over into our thought this afternoon after lunch or during lunch when we share that, you know, that our purpose should be to hear God's voice. You know, I don't ever, for me personally, I don't claim that that's so always easy. Sometimes I have, if I sort of think if it was always easy to hear God's voice, I'd start to take it for granted and I probably wouldn't be hearing it. That's my sense, that God wants me to keep seeking him and looking to him and trust him because I believe he does want to speak to us and he does want to reveal himself to us and I believe that he does that in various ways and we're going to look at some of them and I believe there's some things that can get in the way of hearing God's voice because when you talk about voices, there's all kinds of voices around us. There's all kinds of voices you can hear. I want to look at some of those. Um, the first one I look at is when you think about voices, Satan has a voice, okay? In John eight forty four, Jesus says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So Jesus says that this one that we call the devil, he's a liar. Well, to be a liar, you've got to be saying something. So he has a, he's got a voice. In, the, in all the things around us, I believe Satan's at work. And I, and I say that because, you know, not so much as just hearing God's voice, but, you know, in the world around us, Satan is at work. And I don't think he gets credit for what he does. And I think sometimes we ought to give him some credit for what he does. He's a liar He's a thief, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. When bad things happen, quit blaming God. We have an enemy. And I think he gets, should get some credit for who he is. You know, Jesus said he's a liar. So when Satan speaks to us, it's going to be along the lines of lying to us. He's going to deceive us. He's trying to be deceptive. I believe when Satan speaks, he's going to say things that are discouraging. He'll say things that try to bring you down. You can't do that. You're not good enough. What makes you think? Try to discourage you. I think he'll try to cause confusion. He'll try to say things so maybe we get so confused, we just don't know which way to go. We just don't know what to do. I believe he'll cause doubt. He'll cause doubt in us. You know, when he speaks, he's going to, what do you really think? You know, do you really think, remember when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness? It was doubt. He was always saying, well, you're not really the son of God. Do you really, you know, it was doubt. Satan's always wanted us to doubt God. He's trying to cause doubt. So when you get thoughts of doubt and discouragement, we need to understand that that comes from the Satan. He wants to give us those things. He wants to bring fear. He wants to bring fear. He wants us to be fearful. Be afraid. So when things come against us, you know, he wants us to go, oh, no, what's going to happen? It's going to be awful. He wants us to think the worst. He wants us to think the worst right away. This can't work. This is, oh, no, where's this going to end up? Oh, 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 I'm in trouble. He wants to bring fear. Satan would want us to cause, cause us to seek revenge. 
He wants to, he, he would, that part of us wants to, people to get what they deserve. You know? Now, we kind of, as Christians, we kind of make it prettier. We just ask God's judgment upon them. You know, we kind of, we flowered up and, but you know, what we're asking, we should have, why don't we ask God's mercy for them? You know, why do we want God's judgment on them? You want God's judgment on you like you want it on them? The answer would be no. You know, I don't want that. So we should be asking really for mercy. But sometimes that part of us, you know, that says, eh, I just wish they'd get what they deserve. You know, sometimes he brings on anger, causes us to get angry, causes us to get angry with people. Satan will always speak to us and try to justify sin. It's that voice that says, it's not so bad. It's not that bad. Well, everybody's doing that. How could it be that bad? If everybody's doing it, how could it be wrong? I think one of the things in our society right now, I think we're facing is that very fact. That the majority of the people are not doing God's will. And so if you listen to that voice, you're going to say, well, the majority all thinks that's okay. Well, the government condones that. It's got to be okay. They teach us in school. My teacher said it was okay. There's all kinds of voices out there telling us sin's okay. And the day has come when if you say sin is sin, people look at you like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And I think that will get more distinct. I think that will get more distinct as we go. And so we need to understand that Satan comes and he wants to justify sin. He wants us to think it's okay. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Besides, God loves you and he'll forgive it anyway, so don't worry about it. Those are the things that Satan would say to you. And then I believe in the midst of this, we have our voice. Maybe the strongest of all voices, I'm not sure. Um, possibly could be the strongest voice we have to work with, deal with. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the 13th verse, it says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches us, but which the Holy Spirit teaches us, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. It says that there's a natural man. There's a natural man. And the natural man does not receive the things of God. My natural self, my human self, does not always accept and understand the things of God. The Bible says, you know, we need to be born again that our natural man becomes a spiritual man. And then it says we need to walk in the spirit. But we still got that natural man to deal with. That natural man is still there. The Bible says we need to crucify our flesh, that natural man, daily. Because my natural man keeps talking. My natural man keeps having a desire. My natural man keeps saying, well, it ought to be this way. My natural man says, well, you ought to do this because it's for you. You ought to do this because you deserve it. You know, you deserve. Or my natural man says, well, my natural man right now says, I wish it'd warm up. My natural man is not happy with the weather. 
I went to Columbus yesterday, and it was just a little bit warm down there. There was just a tinge of warmth in the air. I came back home and got out of the truck, and it was like, ooh, it's cold up here. That's my natural man. That's my natural man, my natural man. My, you know, my spiritual man says, look, God established the seasons. Summer's coming. It's going to be okay. But, you know, that's kind of a, but, you know, our natural man's always worried about me. My natural man's always talking. Well, this is going to be good for you. Well, this might be hard. I don't know if you should do that. You know, my natural man's always worried about me, my flesh, what's in it for me. How's this going to make me feel? And so a lot of times when we start to try to listen to God's voice, our natural man is saying, no, no, no. And the Bible says that for the natural man, that my sinful nature thinks the things of God are foolishness. Foolishness. The Bible also says in Romans 12, too, that I need to be transformed by renewing my mind. Okay, I need to start thinking different. I need to renew my mind, how I think. How do I do that? It says, through the Word of God. That's the only way I can, I need to renew my mind according to the will of God. My mind is not going to get renewed by just sitting around and hoping it happens. My mind is not going to get renewed by just saying, okay, God, clean up my mind. I'm not going to read your word. I'm not going to study it. Just you do it so it's easy. It's not going to happen. Our mind is renewed through the word of God, what God said. I mean, that's the biggest main reason and way he speaks to us is through his word. And that's what renews our minds. So we start thinking like God thinks. And we need to get our minds renewed. I need to start being able to do that. So I need to realize when I'm trying to hear God's voice that there's all kinds of things going on and my mind is talking real loud, I think. I think my mind's loud, personally. My mind is the loudest. And I have to recognize that and say, wait a minute. That sounds like the way I want to do it. That sounds like how I think it ought to be. That sounds like how I would figure it out. And you know that God's, the Bible says God's ways are not my ways. And his thoughts aren't my thoughts. The Bible says what? Oh, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Think about that. I've got to try to find his way, which is higher than the way I think. I've got I to find his way. I'm not saying it's always easy, but I'm saying you've got to get the word of God inside of you or it's not going to happen at all. And you've got to renew your mind. You've got to renew that voice, and you've got to be able to recognize, okay, that's probably just me talking. That's probably just the way I think it ought to be. Or that's how I want it. Then we have the voice of others, the voice of those around us. Could be good, could be not so good. All kinds of voices around us. Proverbs, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fail, fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Now, I'm going to add something to that. The multitude of godly counselors. Obviously, in the multitude of everybody talking, just because you want a lot of opinions, is not going to give you godly counsel. But if you want to, if you want to get good counsel, then it needs to be multitude of godly people. Godly people. Find godly people who you can trust and talk to 
and share with so you can hear God's voice. Where do you find godly people? In the bar? Hanging out at Walmart? I mean, they could be. But, you know, normally, no. You know, there's places where godly people are. And you need to understand and find godly people. How do you know godly people? Usually by example. You're around them long enough, you know they're godly people. And, and we need to be able to hear those voices. That's good counsel. Then we also have in Proverbs twelve fifteen. it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. The way of a fool. Don't get your counsel from a fool. You know, and that seems obvious, but think about it. Measure, and you got to make that judgment somehow. Now, don't go, you don't have to go telling everybody. You know, I'm not telling you to say, well, I'm not listening to them. They're just a fool. I didn't tell you that. Just if you think they don't know, then don't listen to them. You don't have to broadcast it. Okay? So you need to decide where godly counsel can come from. Because there's all kinds of people want to tell you what to do. All kinds of people. And nowadays, we can get counsel and advice instantly, quickly from everywhere. I mean, you know, you can just, all you got to do, you know, for those of you that don't know, don't worry about it. But all you got to do is get on your computer, and there's all kinds of people going to give you all kinds of advice and counsel. Whew, be careful. Be careful. If you don't know them, if you don't know them, why take counsel from them? You know, don't believe everything you see or hear on a computer. You know, not everything you see, you can, they can doctor stuff up. I mean, don't believe. Don't be naive. But get godly counsel because there's all kinds of voices around us. A lot of them are giving us bad counsel. Bad counsel. Most importantly, how do we hear God's voice? How do we hear God's voice? In John, the 8th chapter, the 47th verse. <clears throat> you know, they say that if you want to, I've heard, that if you want to know what a counterfeit is, in a, in, as in dollar bills, which now, I, now we're doing it differently. We're, we're painting them and we're doing all kinds of things. But, you know, back in a few years ago, they said that to know how, what a counterfeit is, you just got to handle the real thing enough. That if you handle the real thing, you can tell a counterfeit. Well, you know, sometimes we need to be around the right voices hearing the right thing, and when we hear a bad voice, we, oh, that doesn't sound right. Okay? So, you know, that helps to identify some of these wrong voices. But in, in John, the 8th chapter, the 47th verse, Jesus said, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So he was telling these people, he says, the reason you can't hear God's words and what God says is because you're not of him. First and foremost, we got to be of him. We got to be of him. How are we of him? We Bible says we have to be born again. We have to be born of him. We're not born of God naturally. We're born sinful, apart from God. We need to be born again, born of him. When we're born of him, then he puts his spirit in us, and then we can begin to be a part of him, and we hear him. We know him because it's relational. 
We're, re- you know, we're connected. He's our father. And we know him. But that only happens when we're of him. He says, if we're not of him, then you don't hear. You don't hear. But when you're of him, you hear. So it has to be out of that relationship. Jesus kind of explained that in, in the 10th chapter. Jesus, he explained it through the sheep and the shepherd. And in the 10th chapter of John, the third verse, he says, um, well, let me start at verse 1. Most surely I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Talking about Jesus. To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Out of what? How did those sheep know his voice? Did he just walk up, never been there before, and he just says, hey, sheep, come on, let's go. And they go, oh, I know that voice. No, he was with them. He spent time with them. There was a relationship. My cows, I have trained my cows. When I call them, they come. Why? Because I've spent time with them. Plus, I feed them when they come. That's probably the biggest key. I, if I call them, I try to always feed them so that they know they know my voice. They know I'm going to give them something. I know I'm going to, they, it's out of a relationship. Pretty simple, pretty, you know. But it's out of, you know, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They spent time with him. He takes them to green pastures. He feeds them. He watches over them. He kills the animals that are coming to get them. The sheep know the shepherd. It's a relationship. And so now when the shepherd speaks, the sheep go, oh, I know that voice. I know that voice. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to hear his voice. It only comes from spending time with him, spending time in prayer, spending time in his word. To where we hear his voice. Then when we hear another voice, we go, oh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. I, I don't know. There's something about that. Just, you know, something just doesn't seem right. The Bible says there's a thing within us that's supposed to be working called discernment. Oh, I don't know. That just doesn't sound right. I better just wait a minute and see about that. You know, but there's a relationship. So we need to have a relationship so we can hear his voice. Colossians 3.15 says that one of the things that I believe God does eventually, this doesn't always happen immediately, but I think eventually there needs to be some peace. Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. I think the peace of God needs to rule in our hearts. And I think eventually we need to know and have a peace about what we're hearing. Like, okay, I believe this is God. And until I'm peaceful about it, I'm not settled. But when I get peace, then it's, it's okay. I think there needs to be a peace. There's just something that I can settle in and say, okay, this is what God wants. Doesn't always come instantly. But I believe we need to get to that place where there's peace. Where there's peace. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the Bible comes that the Holy Spirit. Oh, excuse me. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, 
for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God gives us his word. It instructs us. It's for reproof and instruction. It guides us. It's instruction. God's word. I, I don't know how many, t- I, I think I say it a lot, and I'll probably continue to say it. But if we don't know his word, we're not going to know what he's saying to us. You're just not going to know. But when you know his word, then you're going to be able to ra- put things against his word, and you're going to go, that's not right. That's not right. And that's one of the things I think Christians where sometimes we fall short is we don't get the word of God in us, so we don't know a standard. We don't have a standard that says this is what God says. God's not going to say anything to you that's against his word. If it's in his word, he's not going to contradict himself. A voice is not going to come to you and tell you to do something that's not in God's word. It's not going to happen. I have people periodically come and tell me, well, God told me. And, you know, mainly my standard is, okay, what does the word of God say? Does it line up with the word of God? If it doesn't, then I go, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't think that's God. I don't think that's God. So we need to know his word. We need to be able to measure things up against his word. And then he gives us his spirit. His spirit in us also to teach us. They're not in conflict. The spirit of God is not in conflict with the word of God. They'll never conflict each other. Never. The spirit, and, and you can't just say, some people lazy, I think some people lazily say, well, God will speak to me and God will show me sovereignly so I don't have to bother with reading his word. Now, they don't say that outwardly. But they just kind of go that route because it's so much easier to think, I'm just somehow going to sit and God's going to just speak to me all these things. I don't have to read his word. I don't have to know his word. He's just going to speak to me. I say God does want to speak to us, but it's not apart from his word. And if you don't know his word, you're going to probably, here's what I find, you're probably going to get messed up with just thinking you're going to sit around and hear God's voice and start doing stuff based on his voice if you don't know his word. My experience is most people get messed up. That's just my experience, okay? John 14, 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. He said, he told his disciples, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you all things. and He's going to remind you of the things I've already told you. For what purpose? So they know his will. So they know what he wants them to do. So they know what to do. That the Holy Spirit's going to do that. Because Jesus says, when I go, and I'm going back, and I'm going to sit down at the right hand of the Father, and when I do that, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and he's going to be in you. And he's going to speak to you. But he's not going to speak apart from my word. Because you can't. You can't separate them. But he will speak to you. He's going to guide you and teach you. There's going to be an inner voice that will speak to you. A voice you need to get to where you know it and hear it. A voice that you're comfortable with, that you're familiar with. You know? What I, what I find, a, not always, but a lot of times... It's that voice that wants me to do things that my flesh says, I don't want to do that. Now, that's just me personally. That I find that God's voice is different than what I want to do a lot of times. My voice is looking different directions. My voice is looking for 
comfort, ease, gratification, you know. And that voice that says, well, do this, it's going to be hard. Do this, as a matter of fact, you know, what did Jesus tell his disciples? Well, actually, we're, we're going to, when he said he's going to the cross, they all go, no, 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 can't be. Wrong, 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 wrong voice, wrong voice. Because they didn't want him going to the cross because they thought that possibly they could go too. And what did Jesus say? He says, follow me, take up your what? Your cross. Oh, see, that's what he said. That's what he said in this world. He didn't say in this world you'll never have tribulation I'll always be with you. He says in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, but you're going to have tribulation. But I've overcome it. Whoa. Why don't we just skip that? Why don't we bypass that? Why can't we just overcome without having to go through stuff? Because you don't go through nothing, you can't overcome it. <laughs> you know, we, I'm looking for the, my flesh is looking for the shortcuts. I'm looking for the shortcuts. I want it easy. I want everybody to like me. What did Jesus say? Oh, follow me and everybody will like you. Everybody. Jesus says, follow me and your own family won't like you. Oh, oh. that's terrible. And then he said in the midst of that, I have to be nice to him. I still have to be nice. You know, see, there's a difference between what God says and what my flesh wants to do. There's a difference. And we just need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of that. You know, and be willing to do what God says. God's voice convicts us of sin. He said, I'll send my Holy Spirit. One of his jobs is to convict you of sin. So he's not going to justify sin. He's going to convict you of sin. He's going to tell you, you shouldn't have said that. He's going to tell you, you shouldn't have done that. He's going to tell you, quit blowing your horn all the time. He's going to tell you, be nice to people in line. He's going to tell you, let people go ahead. He's going to tell you to watch for people that need help. He's going to convict us of things. He's going to, he's going to tell us, look, you've got to change. He's going to convict us of our words, what we say. He's going to convict us of how we talk. That's, his, that's what he does. And it's not a bad thing. See, I go, oh, that's so terrible. We, we always got it wrong. No, that's good. How's he going to make us in his image more like him if he doesn't convict us of sin? If he doesn't convict us of sin and leave us like we are, we're not going to get any better. So it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. He does it because he loves us. He loves us. His voice encourages us, gives us hope, brings peace, speaks of forgiveness, loves others, guides us. That's his voice. Sometimes maybe we have trouble just believing that God loves us enough to even do that. Sometimes maybe that's where we need to start. That, you know, I believe God loves me enough. He'd want to speak to me. He'd want to guide me. He loves me. You know, and we need to have that relationship with him. The Bible says we need to be born again. We have a relationship with him. So we're part of the, his flock. We're, we're sheep. We follow him. We hear him. We know what he wants us to do. He wants that kind of relationship with all of us. You know, first and foremost, that has to be number one. You can't bypass number one and get to the rest of it. You know, 
You can't try. You can try to have a relationship. You try to hear him. You can try to do all that stuff. But if you don't have a relationship, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard. You'll probably do it out of your own strength. And you just try really hard. You'll try really hard to be good. I don't know about you, but I can try really hard to be good. But I'm never good enough. The Bible says none of us are good. So no matter how hard I try to be good, I'm never good enough. I just have to realize that and realize that I need him. And I need him, number one, to forgive me, forgive my sins so that I can accept him and be one of his children. So then I can hear his voice as he guides and directs me in all things. That's my prayer for us as individuals and as a group, as a group. Sometimes, some, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the one's harder than the other. Probably not. Probably not. Maybe we make it too hard. But it, it's as individuals, and what I'm going to share after lunch is as a group, hearing what God's saying. You know, I'm open to all kinds of voices. You can all share. You can all talk. You can all have an opinion. I just want you to know when it's said and done, your opinion only is good if it's what God wants. Okay? Nothing wrong with your opinion. Nothing wrong with my opinion. Nothing wrong with having a say. Nothing wrong with all that. But what we're after is what is God saying? If we find that, we will be blessed and we will have purpose and do what God wants. If we don't, we'll probably be confused and be wandering in all kinds of directions and probably not getting much done. That's kind of the way I see it. So what we're trying to do is hear God's voice. Here's what happened. Let me share just a little bit. What I found is the quiet people, this is what will happen today, the quiet people will tend to sit back and say nothing. The more vocal people will have opinions quickly. I'm not saying anything's right or wrong. I'm just telling you what happens, okay? Now, when you get a big group, that's just how it is, okay? Let me say this. I'll hear the voices of those that speak, and now you need to do that. I'm not, don't everybody get paranoid on me. But I want you to know, if you're not one that speaks out, write it down, talk to me, tell me. Your voice is important. You, you could be the one. So, so we need to hear everything. We need to take it and have counsel and, and pray about it and see what it is God's saying. You never know. So don't sell yourself short. You know, As far as I know, we're not making any decisions today. This is not a, we're not having any votes. We're not making any decisions we're just sharing together to try and hear what it is God's saying to us. That's, that's my desire, okay? And that's where we're trying to go. So that I would think that would mean there's no decisions today. I don't know, unless I, hear a, unless I hear thunder and lightning, which I shouldn't say that, but, you know, unless I hear something, you know. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of what we're doing today. I'm going to share a little bit about where we've been and what's happening and a little bit about what I think God might be saying. So let's all stand. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your voice. We thank you for your word. Lord, help us to know you in such a way that, Lord, we know your voice. And so when we have all these other voices and our own voices going on, Lord, in the midst of all that, we can hear your voice. Lord, just help us to know that that's what you want for us. Lord, help us to know your word. Know that your word is true so that you're not going to say anything that's against your word. So, Lord, help us to know your word. Lord, we just thank you for bringing us together. 
Lord, we ask you to just bless our time together now as we fellowship and as we prepare to eat. Lord, just bless the food. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, I pray that if anyone needs prayer this morning, there's going to be plenty of time to uh, go up and have uh, our ministry team come up and be on my left and you come up and get prayer. There's going to be plenty of time to have prayer and, and still be able to eat. Lord, so we just thank you for this time of ministry and fellowship. Lord, be with us in all that we do. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.